here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so excited to have Super Quack, an amazing peach player hailing all the way from Mexico. Quack, how you doing? Hey, Cypher, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm just ready to go. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been in the works for a little while because you had reached out to my YouTube producer, Legs, and said, like the podcast. And Legs says, thank you. And is like, hey, you know, somebody reached out to me about liking the podcast. And I go, oh, that's so cool. And then my natural thing is to go, well, I want to have them on. For now, that seems to be a pretty good strategy with getting guests for anybody who listens who has reached out, I've pretty much said yes to everybody. So it's like, you just get excited that somebody notices what you're doing, right? If somebody were to send you a message quack, for example, and then say, hey, I saw you on this Twitch stream the other night and I thought you were playing great. It was really cool to watch you play. And you go, what? Oh, that's cool. Like, do, <laughs> does that sound familiar to you at all? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think it's very cool because I don't really remember how I, f how I found the podcast but when i found it it was like man this is exactly what i was looking for because i'm sometimes working and i don't like watching videos when i'm working because it gets me very distracted but when i found this podcast it was like this is the perfect thing for me like i can listen to it pay attention to it but it won't really get my attention from work so it's perfect this was it was just what i was looking for and i hope i can you know contribute to that yeah, I think that if you are able to listen to it and be able to follow along very well, because I've gotten distracted with the video side of things, not that I've focused heavily on introducing elements that are specifically for people who watch the podcast interviews on YouTube, but I thought to myself, am I doing a good job of making sure that the audio listener is like not missing out on something really important? Like there'll, there'll be a little bit of a disconnect, I guess, because you wouldn't see me or the guest reacting to something, but I mean, that's not a super big deal. So it sounds like there's not really much of a, of a difference to use and that everything kind of flows well. That's wonderful to hear. I must yeah. ask though, you, I, I'm assuming you have to listen to other Melee podcasts, right? Like Radio Melee, PPMD and TOEF, right? I mean, not quite podcasts. I don't know if it's called podcasts, but in videos on YouTube, I consume a lot of content from mainly sometimes they're just talks like tough, uh, PPMD, Armada and stuff. I guess they can be considered uh, as podcasts. Uh, yeah, I do. I do watch a lot of that. So that's all that all aside, very fun to have you on. And this is the first person to my knowledge. I mean, I would feel so embarrassed if I somehow forgot somebody. I have done almost 100 episodes, but anyway, I am so pleased to be speaking to someone who hails from the country of Mexico, who plays Melee from down there, and I'm assuming this is a good place to talk about your origin story and how you got into Melee. Have you lived in Mexico all of your life? Yeah, I've been living here all my life. I'm 29, by the way. And, well, my story about Melee, I... Well, I started playing 64 when I was a kid. I was probably six or five years old when it came out. Not sure. And uh, when Millie came out, it was like, damn, this... It was a big difference, in my opinion. Like, graphics, movement, everything was so different. I remember this magazine that we had in Mexico. The name is Club, like Club. Club Nintendo. It was a, basically a Nintendo magazine and other video games. Mm. And uh, the first time they presented Melee, I remember seeing Mario in this first page. And the details on, on his clothes. 
you know, like the, what's the word? Uh, well, yeah, the material they, the, his clothes were made of. It was just so clear, so, de so detailed. Unlike 64, which was basically a polygon cartoon, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, of course I wanted to play it. And uh, I remember before it came out, for some reason, there were already walkthroughs in Google that you could look for. And it will tell you, tell you like, to unlock Falco, you have to beat, what is it, uh, 100 men melee or something. And uh, internet back then was very difficult to have here, at least. So we will go to my parent, my, my brother and I, we will go to my parents' uh, job, grab a computer, and look for this walkthrough. So when it was time to leave, my father had to take us home. We would cry because we were we would we were thinking that this information was not going to be available anymore for the next time we used a computer. It was so stupid. But anyways, <laughs> um, that's how I started playing right? uh, when it came out. It was just very casual. I was probably, I was 10 years old then. But I, I got it the first day, I remember. And um, yeah, that's how I started. But well, um, what I was trying to say is that I started playing tournaments when I was 14. And actually, my first tournament was with my dad. My dad took me and he was there with me. I was like, I was probably even younger, probably 12 now that I remember. Yeah, probably 12. My father took me. And I remember I cried when I lost, but I didn't tell him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just casual tournaments. I didn't really know about anything or anyone. But when I got probably 16, 17, I started to play to get better. And actually, there was actually a community here in Mexico already and in my city, Mexicali. There was already a community with very good players. And um, yeah, I mean, that's how I started. I retired. I stopped playing for a few years from when I was 20 to 24, probably. But then I came back, and before that, I didn't know who Mango was. I didn't know who PPMD was. When I came back and I was, like, 28, I I mean, like, the melee scene was already big, super big, and uh, I've never stopped since then. That's incredible to think that you were able to do uh, some tournaments and then you weren't necessarily fully connected to the broader community that there's a little bit of a separation there. So I guess that is, that is a fun part of history to think about. Like I remember one of the first times I was like specifically aware of the internet. I thought when you exit the page, it just disappears forever. Like I, the, what you were saying i was like oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah i remember that and then being like <laughs> blown away when somebody brought the same page back and i was like oh, okay yeah, yeah, okay yeah. sold hey how do i get one of these <laughs> i'm i'm wondering like <clears throat> in the early days so before you were part of the broader melee community you're going to tournaments with your dad or or just dabbling around with the game like approaching it from more of a casual perspective even if you are trying to look up tips did you main Peach or did you play Fox specifically? Those are two characters that you'll play in tournament sets. But was that from the very beginning or what character did you go to first? Yeah, when the first character I started playing at tournaments was Fox. And um, I don't know, I think it was just cool. I remember this guy, Selgadis. Do you know who he is? Uh, an old Fox main? No, I don't think so. No. It, it was from this guy's DVR team from 
Los Angeles, I believe. It was these oh. really high guys. You, you remember? The uh, I know. Fugatti. I recognize the name DBR because of the Austin Melee top tens. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I watched this this video of this guy Solgatis. The the name of the video is Shined Blind. Oh okay, I have seen. Yeah, that. you yes. remember? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, oh, so that's it was so wild. cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's in. It really inspired me. Uh, to play Fox. So yeah, that's that was my first man back then and the only one actually. Mm. Uh, so I mean back then. Right, right. And then what would you say was the biggest part of you deciding, oh, you know what, there's other games or I have college or I'm just you know, I'm not I'm not a gamer anymore when you decided to I don't know if you want to call it taking a hiatus, but when you decided to kind of like back off of Melee, was it in pursuit of like other games or just regular life stuff? Oh, a funny thing about me, I don't play any other game but Melee. That's the only one I play like. And my friends make fun of me because of that, my other Melee friends. Hmm. But I don't play anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I stopped playing because I had a girlfriend and stuff. <laughs> yeah, Somehow that, that's it's hard to I do both. Away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> in fairness to me, though, uh, 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 technically I am a, a, a married individual, so like it is possible. But mm-hmm. you know, th- there's the joke about Smash players, melee players. We we all know that one. So then you come back, and now you're starting to get connected more. There's now, if this is like in the 2017 time or 2019, uh, what year would you say you started to get back into competitive melee? Hmm. I was about 21, so eight years ago, seven years ago, mm-hmm. so uh, 2015 or so. Okay, yes, I think I just heard the wrong number in my head, which is why I was thinking of a sooner year. But then, by then, there's a lot of different things happening. I mean, the documentary was a thing at this time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yep. So... Yeah. The community that you were talking about in Mexicali, first of all, if you don't mind, I am not going to be great at geography, even within the United States. I'm that kind of American. So if you could please tell me like uh, about Mexicali and, and the scene that's there, either as it is now or when you first started to come back in and you go, wow, there's great competition here and I want to get better. Oh, yeah. It's, it's interesting because uh, it's one of the strongest cities in Mexico, in, in my opinion. Um, okay, Mexicali is right at the border with the U.S., actually, with California. Do you know where Calexico or El Centro is? I or don't. Or Yuma? I don't, but I, I know where California is, so that's a good starting point. It borders uh-huh. with Mexico, so I, I, I hear the name Mexicali, and I go, well, that must be near the state <laughs> of California, so I'm glad yeah. that intuition is correct. But, yes, please continue. It's funny because it's Mex, like Mexico and Cali, like California. And the city across the border is Calexico. So it's like California, oh. Mexico of Mexico. It's funny, right? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of original names being thrown around near that border. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you, you were asking me about uh, the community here also? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the guy I told you about, Far, uh, I was actually telling you that you might give him a chance to be in the podcast, too. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he's uh, the one who got second place at the Smash World Tour, which we might talk later. Yes. So he's a very strong player here. I'm here. Uh, the other representant, representatives? Representation the... or representatives for, for, for Mexicali. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
are also Hillian, a Mars player, and Samorita, Falco player, and a few others that have not been able to travel around, or, or maybe they're not as known as we are in Mexico, but they're trying their best, and they're going to be there really soon. I love hearing stuff like that. See, this is like one of the one of the things, and I've already shared this with you before we started recording, but it's just like I love talking to people who are in communities that I don't know much about because I just get to learn about how an area like Tokyo, for example, interacts with Melee. Like when I had Ekans on, who you don't know, and that's fine, but Ekans is just, just a, a, he's somebody who was born and raised in the United States, is a United States citizen, but went over to Japan to teach English at schools or at a school, I guess and is part of the melee scene there um and like the, the so i get to learn about that right and so yeah, yeah. learning about mexicali learning about the area a little bit like this is all cool for me because then i get to learn about players who you know i, I hear the name now but then a year or two might go by and they're like they're like doing what flash did at riptide this weekend where i had no idea who flash was but here he is taking a set off of Ginger and then trying to beat Wizrobe to make top eight of Riptide, the first, you know, the first oh. major back. I don't, so I don't know if you heard about that, but the Riptide tournament, there's this Ohio based player and the tournament is in Ohio. So everybody in the crowd who's from Ohio so is like, like, like a home hero. Yeah. Hometown hero. Exactly. Hometown hero. Yeah. And he took a set off of ginger three, one. It, it was, uh, some of the games were not close. It was really fun to watch Falco did those oh. and What's his name again flash. So I'll have to, I'll have um, to link you the, 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 oh, the yeah, VOD. Yeah. yeah. Really, really good, like solid play. I, I think flash is super technical, the lasers came out so fast. I was dumbstruck. And I like playing as Falco. He's like one of the characters that I play the most. I don't know if I've settled on him as a main myself, but like I see Flash putting out lasers just ever so slightly than Ginger. Like I see him putting out lasers faster than Ginger just by a hair. And I'm going, that's insane because Ginger puts out lasers so fast. And yet Flash is outdoing him by just a, just the smallest little bit he's somehow even faster yeah 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 it was incredible yeah, it was one fun frame set. makes a big difference huh oh yeah yes and you know this so much better than i do how about that one frame come out for the shine though love that i wanted to yes uh to get back to talking about mexicali when you first started to enter more tournaments there at around the age of 21 you're starting to see different things around on the internet like the documentaries this when you start to hear about names like armada and mango and you go oh cool like this is these are like the the, the top players yeah. of the game yeah i don't remember when youtube really started but i remember before i stopped i stopped playing i don't remember seeing anyone like mango or uh i don't know a big tournament online it was like no existent on youtube when i came back though there was already material to to watch. There was the Five Gods. There were online tournaments, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, there was a, a huge difference. Because you're getting to see, like, this isn't like the era where there was, like, training regiments built into modified melee. Like, yeah. you, you don't have 20XX yet. You don't have Uncle Punch. So you watch mm -hmm. the top players play, like, you're either your favorite character or a character that you're trying to like learn how to beat. So if you yeah. if you like watching Armada because you want to play as Peach, I'm sure that's a big part of your decision to main Peach. We can talk about that here now. 
are you watching Armada and are you saying to yourself, I really like Fox, but the way that Armada plays Peach is incredible. Like, is that part of the reason why you decided to pick up Peach? Well, Armada's my favorite player, even though he's uh, retired. But yeah, he's my, like, if I could choose a player to play like, I guess that's how you say it, uh, that would be Armada. That's my favorite player, and uh, yeah, that's that's my, well, it's just my favorite. And however, the decision of playing Peach does not have anything to do with Armada. I used to I used to struggle a lot playing against Falco with Fox, mm. and then I started playing other characters because I I, play, I basically play play all the all the cast. So when I started playing Peach to Falcos, I noticed that. I was doing decently well, and then I keep playing her until I noticed, like, you know, I, I'm doing better with Peach versus Falco than with Fox. So that's how she started. But then later on, I noticed that I had another matchup that I could use, it, use her. And, um, yeah, that's basically how it started, because I had a difficulty with Falco. I can I I feel like that when it's Fox versus Falco, it's just so fast paced that it's it's almost hard to take a breath in there sometimes. But Peach will inherently like just just by a hair, it'll slow the game down a little bit. And there are a lot of cool things that Peach can do against Fox. I mean, some of the some of the things that I see Ryobeat post on the Twitter and oh, some of these other crazy. Peach mains where they are just eating foxes for breakfast. They <laughs> really, really make fox look like a piece yeah. of trash. <laughs> yeah, playing beach feels good. <laughs> but that's so it's so interesting to me because my assumption is before we start talking, I go, Super Quack Bane's Peach, but also plays Fox. And I have to imagine that Armada is part of that. But it's interesting hearing you say to me now that it didn't really have that much of an influence on what you were doing, but it was just more of you said, I have a bit of a issue playing against Falco with Fox. Is there another character who it where that mashup feels better? So-and-so against Falco. Can I find, oh, it's Peach. Peach feels good against Falco. That's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow, Falco always controls the pace of the matchup, in my opinion, right? With the lasers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, when you float, it's like you, you won't get hit by the lasers. So you kind of can control the pace of the match, of the match as well. And it's it, it feels good. That matchup feels good because you somehow feel like you're taking that control over the match from Falco. And you're taking it uh, by using Pitch. I have played uh, against a Peach who at, like who knows what they're doing a little bit. My background with experience in tournament play is very little. I only just entered my first real tournament this year, and until very recently, I didn't even have Wi-Fi. So like my I am so brand new and slippy as well. But I've played against a Peach who knows what they're doing, and I go none of my lasers are hitting peach what's uh what's going on and it's because they float above the laser it's such a simple oh, yeah. little thing but that's where the that's where it first starts to shift right because you go from oh i can hit the character with my lasers to oh i can't oh gosh what do i do now like and that's how the meta starts to mm -hmm. shape it starts to uh evolve to the next thing which is high lasers or spamming auto cancel back air i'm sure there's other things that the falco can try and do but you understand that better than me yeah and those interactions are really fun in my opinion that's why i i'm not thinking of switching to fox 
to play Falco, even if I start to get uh, bad results with Peach, I think I'm going to stick with her. So we had talked a little bit earlier about the Smash World Tour. So for those who don't know, Smash World Tour is still trying to organize tournaments to lead to a worldwide finals later this year. And they had the, I guess it was the Central America bracket because it wasn't just Mexico. There was players represented from other parts of Central America, like uh, Puerto Rico and Panama, those kind of places. And you, Quack, were in the bracket, 16 players, and you actually finished in top eight at seventh place. So you were not able to qualify, but still moved pretty far in the bracket. And as I recall, you started in, in losers, right? For yeah. the for the final bracket. Yeah. Um, it started with four pools. And in my opinion, I mean, everyone said that. So this exactly the same thing as I'm saying. My pool was stacked. And it was so it was it wasn't more stacked in my opinion. <laughs> so I knew I knew that I would probably lose my set, and I would probably go four zero. I mean, is it four? No, zero I mean, four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first day, and that's that's what happened. I mean, my players in that pool were Baldo, Eddie, Mexico, mm-hmm. and Pantera, and um, I beaten the three of them. In at least one occasion before, however, they're I know that they're really strong. They're really strong players, and they will cause me many troubles. So, especially Pantera, he, he kicked my ass, dude. He kicked my ass. He almost force stocks me once. And um, yeah, so that first day was the worst. I I wasn't down, but I was like, man, I, I really I really came all this way to this place to go. Zero for the first day and zero two the um, zero one the other day, next day, and uh, yeah, well, I guess I was kind of down, but next day was better, as you said. I moved on in bracket, and it's interesting that we were talking about this because my first uh, opponent in bracket in losers was you, uh, you with a Y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a player from Monterrey. And before I continue. Uh, there are a few players in Mexico which are called Dorados, like golden, the golden ones. It's just like an old joke of these really good players from Monterrey. So you is one of the Dorados, right? So I was actually looking to play him on bracket because I played him in friendlies uh, two days before that. And I did, re- I did really well against him. So when I saw the bracket and he was there versus uh, me, versus myself, I saw I I said like, oh maybe I have a a little bit of a chance, and I did beat him last game, last stock, last everything, but I I managed to to beat him in tournament, which made me go on to what is it uh, ninth place, ninth place, ninth place, and then my next opponent will uh, it was Dreamer. Uh, you you were gonna say something. Oh no! I was just trying to make sure I was tracking with you correctly because I I I was uh, I have the standings here. So, but you you're talking about your next matchup, yeah. Yeah. Then was Dream, um, the best Ganondorf in Mexico, one of the best in the world, in my opinion. Yeah, and, it looks uh, really solid because uh, I was watching yeah. that set. Mm-hmm. Really solid Ganondorf. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I I play Fox versus. Ganondorf. Yeah. And, yeah. 
again, I think it was last game, last talk, last everything. Uh, but really hard, really hard to beat Dream, but I, I managed to do it. And that made me be in, what is it, seventh place? Mm-hmm. And then I had to play Eddie again. Again, yeah. I think I started winning 2-0. But, you know, um, one thing with Eddie that I, I noticed is that he has a lot of stamina. And uh, I guess that that's something that you just gain with years and years because he's been playing from he's been playing more than me like from before I guess. So the stuff like if he's losing 2-0, he's able to take you to the fifth game and still not feel stressed, not feeling tired. And he, I don't know if you ever talked to Eddie before. I have not. But he but, is a yeah. I will he's a very What's the word? Very chill guy. He's a simple person in the good sense of the word. Um, he's, he's like just like a guy with a lot of peace on himself. Right. So there's he, not there's yeah. not a lot of stress and like there's not activity for the sake of activity. He's not just trying to like pinball from one part of part of life to the next. That there's like just kind of like rolls in, dips in. Yeah. And me, I I don't do that. I I, I guess I'm working on it. But I get stressed over the time, especially with your when you play floaties, and you know that all games are gonna be longer than usual. Mm-hmm. Like it starts to, it starts to get in your head. So yeah, I get more stress. I get more tired, and sometimes it makes me makes me lose. I guess. So Eddie ended up winning that set three two, and uh, I wasn't even mad with him or any, I mean with myself. It wasn't salty. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. I was like, a uh, good game, and I think I gave him a hug and everything. It was it was a good set, and I'm I'm proud of the placing I got. And yeah, I guess I did well. I that's the place I wanted to get, at least. Yes, because like you said, all 16 players that are there, no one is a pushover. Everybody's there because they played well enough throughout slippy and also in the like the most recent like 2019 time period leading up to the quarantine and everything so everybody that's there is going to do their best and they're going to play they're going to play well and push everybody that they play against and so when i saw that you were starting in the losers bracket after not playing well the day before by losing you know you lost your pool matches like you said I thought it's just a it's such a sucky way to to start a bracket on a Sunday when you've already played matches the previous day and you go what's the yeah. what's the point but after you won the first set I thought that's like a that's kind of like a bit of a confidence booster there maybe there's a little bit of a run here but it was game 5 so I thought well there's only so many game 5 sets that you can play where you can be the one who finishes on top like it's so hard to do that that's why watching somebody like Mango frequently going on losers runs where he'll like go game five every set and I'll go, oh, this, yeah. this has to be the last one. He can't win another game five set. So like, that's why Mango is Mango, right? But anyway, back to you. After you beat Dream, I was like, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Won a game five set with Peach and now has won a game five set with Fox. And, you know, we'll see how it goes with versus Eddie Mexico. But a lot of people know who Eddie Mexico is because um, he's one of the most well-known Luigi players. I mean, it's a, it's a bait 
Eddie Mexico, and um, there's one other person who I'm having a really hey, hard time. Hey, Master? Huh? Hey, Master Proly? Uh, or... Yes, and I'm also thinking of Ja Ryden from Europe, and also Hoborg, oh. who is a New Jersey, a New Jersey or yeah. Pennsylvania. I've had Hoborg on my podcast before, so that's how I know that name, but <laughs> <laughs> not not on the same tier yet, but hopefully someday. All that to say, you you had, I, I think overall, like s- starting from losers, knowing that it was going to be a long way to try to get to top two, which that's what it was going to take to qualify for the world finals in the Smash World Tour, that that was just, it was a lot to be able to get there. But you finished on the top eight of 16 really extraordinary players. I still think that's a great result. And Thank you, thank you, thank you. It allows you to feel like, I, I'm not totally wasting my time here. There's, there, there's, there's like, I'm doing good things and I'm getting better. Do you feel like, do you feel like as of now, since you've been able to master a lot of the technical parts of melee, do you feel like the most growth that you have to do is on the mental side of things? Or do you still feel like, no, the technical side of things I need to do more work in first? Yeah, I think it's, Probably 80% mind and mental, and 20% hands or technical. In my opinion, that's that's myself, right? Other people, other players might say it's the opposite or 100% technical. But in my opinion, it's more mental. I think if you can train your mind, you have half of the way already done. And so, like, for, for you, what do you like to do to try to better yourself in that way? Because, of course, most Melee players will, it'll be easy to practice tech skill because you just time your L canceling or you're timing your this, that, and the third, practicing wave dashes, practicing ledge cancels, and all the way through. There's just so many things that you could, like, work on with your hands and muscle memory. But, like, there's not an obvious way to improve on like the mental side of things other than to read a tennis book. Apparently that's what people tell me, but I I don't want to read a tennis book. So Quack, what do you do to improve the mental for yourself? Mm, Mental. Okay. I guess I practice the mind. If I can say it like that, (laughs) I getting used to lose. I I think I'm very good at losing. (laughs) I don't know if that's good or bad. I think I'm very good at losing. Uh, and, that uh, reminds me of the hungry box bit uh, from the. I know most uh-huh. people. I know most people don't like the Emperor Lemon documentary about hungry box, but one of my favorite lines from that is like, "H box before he could win, he had to learn how to lose." Like, oh yeah, because that that is a real thing. I, I understand what you're saying. Sorry, you can continue. Yeah, because when you when you start blaming other things from your losses, like ah oh, the control, oh um, I don't know, it's too cold outside. Oh, my head hurts. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, this guy plays like that. You are just focusing your weaknesses to something else. I don't know. How can I say it? Uh, you're just lying to yourself. Mm. Because whatever obstacle you have, whatever thing it is that it's stopping you from getting better, it's yourself. You're your worst enemy. And I, I believe so much in that phrase. You're your worst enemy. You have to overcome yourself to overcome your obstacles. So basically what I what I do is play to lose. I mean, and play to win for sure. But if I lose, I have to know why I'm losing. Even if it's just one single interaction. 
or if it's the whole picture of the game, I need to identify what's going on. And um, eventually, maybe if I play with someone and I play 10 games, maybe I didn't get anything. But maybe if I play a few more, more games with him, I'm going to start making an idea of what it is. That's why I'm saying that I'm good at losing, not because I can take the losses, but because I can take something out of every 10 or 20 loses that will adapt to my game style and will you know make it a little bit bigger every time the 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 list of people who succeed in melee right away like you know how small that list is there that everybody starts with going o and two or playing very poorly at the very least you know getting wiped around with better players that are at a venue and then they go well i okay well i guess i'll just practice this game and get better but like players like zane players like ibdw who comparatively speaking have risen to the upper echelon of melee who have have performed well in tournaments I mm-hmm. guess that's happened in like in within like a six year or so period, something to that effect for Zane and for IBDW. I mean, whoever on the YouTube comments or whatever can correct me if I'm wrong. But what I'm trying to say is that it even for Zane and IBDW players that people frequently point to as wow, they got good at the game so quickly, and everybody yeah. says, well, how long did it take? Oh, it, it took it took six years. Like it still took mm-hmm. a long time. Six years is a long yeah. time. It's a long time, but I guess, yeah, if you compare it with, with other players, it's short, right? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but, I mean, it's still a long time. It's still a long time. And, yeah, I wonder what their methods are. If they also use what I do, which is, like, take what you can from your losses. Or maybe IBDW, I think, is more like a lab player. Like, he laps interactions, edge guards, combos, blah, blah, blah. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah, and it's interesting that every player has a different way to to improve. Uh, my friend Samorita from here, Mexicali, he's more analytical in the sense of that he watches his own games and he kind of rewinds like, oh, here, I could have done this and that. And, you know, he can watch the, the same match and take 30 minutes or one hour to see what he can do better. I'm not like that. <laughs> No, I don't think I am either. I'm analytical, but I don't know if I'm one game, 60 minutes analytical. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, also, I understand that. Like, you can really, you can really find things that you say I want to work on, but then you can make a really long list, and it's like you have to what get better at 30 different micro situations all at once. Like that's why melee takes a while to become like a really fantastic player because there are thousands, thousands of little things that you have to see, experience, and then overcome, right? Before you start to go, yep, I have that locked down and I I understand what's happening here. When a top player will make a YouTube video like Ginger or like Zane, like IBDW, or even Mango, when they watch their own matches back and they talk about it, like they 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 very quickly point out things that they go yep mhm that that's a mm-hmm. thing i was looking for this in that spot and it's it's not because they have time to think about it it's just because they've seen it before they've practiced it before so now it's more of a reacting thing and just kind of like i, I don't know if playing on instinct is always the correct way to put it but you can think quickly 
but playing melee you have to do that even faster than thinking sometimes i don't know does that make sense to you does that track with yeah. you yeah yeah it makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense it's like when you play chess i don't know how to play chess but when they <laughs> no. play chess, yeah when they play chess and uh but they have a timer but sometimes they play like instead of 15 minutes let's play with three minutes or four minutes or five minutes yeah and they have to play like super fast and therefore their movements are not as good as they will if they had more time so what i'm trying to say is that melee is so quick that you don't have time to think of every move. You just have to take the first one that comes to mind that you think is good. And that's like that's part of the reason why other games, even other Smash games, so you know, to 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 Brawl or Smash Four or Ultimate, to their credit, they play pretty good most of the time. But it's not melee because the speed got significantly slowed down, and that doesn't mean you can think through playing Ultimate perfectly at all times. That's not what I'm saying. But there's a, there's still a there's even still a difference where there's a there's an eternal mix of melee could could be played perfectly, but you don't have enough time. Like there's no human on the world who could play melee and react to everything quick like quick enough to be able to play what we all like. We'll watch in a video like Perfect Control Two from Super Doodle Man. I don't know if you ever watched Perfect Control Two, but that was one that I would go back to over and over again because they did task melee uh -huh. where they would like play perfectly. And I would go, is somebody going to do that one day? Like, am I going <laughs> to see this in 10 years? And I guess some of the things that were in that video I saw like in other situations, but all that to say, like, that's what I love about melee so much is that there's an internal pool between perfection, but also, but also you, you just, you do your best. And that happens to be, enough to win your game, win your match that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're never going to be able to play like that, like task mode. Right. But it's very interest, interesting to think that how close can we get from that? How close to perfect can someone play one day, right? And I don't know, that's, that's just what I'm thinking right now, like how difficult it is, but how possible it is for people to get close to it. It's just my thoughts. And so for you, is that something that's exciting to you or is a, like, um, what's the best way to put this? When you're, when you're thinking about the tournaments that you'll be playing in the upcoming weeks here in the rest of the year, do you think about what your performance is going to be like? Do you think about what your placement is going to be like? Or are you trying to say to yourself, I want to play better than I have before and I want to feel that or I want to notice that? Like, what, what do you think about when you look ahead to future tournament brackets? Future tournament brackets. Okay, um... Assuming I know who, what players are going to be there, um, I guess I, I set myself realistic goals. I probably won't be able to beat this guy and this guy. And I'm going to have a hard time playing these other three or four guys. And I definitely don't want to lose with this, the, the rest of these players. That's how I think about it. I don't, I'm not really too hard to myself. Like, I need to win. I have to beat everyone. Otherwise, I'm a loser. No, no, no. I'm not like that. I'm, I guess I'm very, I'm a very chill and quiet player. I don't even pop off. I don't know if you, if you saw the, 
the the videos of the Smash World Tour. I don't. I can't pop off because I don't feel the excitement. You know, I don't feel like oh yeah, I won. I I'm just very pa- passive, passive. Uh, passive. Uh, yeah, that's the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a very passive competitor, and um, yeah. I mean, I guess I, when I have a an upcoming tournament, I just set myself realistic goals, and try to do my best to accomplishment. I don't really. I'm not really too hard to myself on that point, in that sense. That's good to hear because there's there's a there's a bracket of of players who want to obviously play to the next level, but it doesn't always come together right away. Or there's just other things in life that become more important. And so, if every player in melee were able to get up to the top, it's just not a possible thing. Like people who want to play football, I mean, either American football or the rest of the world football, you, you get it. Uh, there, there are people who enjoy playing and then there's just people who are able to compete uh, at a school, people who are able to compete comp- professionally, and then you have Ronaldo. So not everybody can, can be that, but if you can find ways to be satisfied or happy with your own tournament results or how you played specifically that's great because you don't walk away going ah i didn't win the Mm, tournament yeah that's true true. yeah i guess you could say i'm not very try hard a try hard player Mm, but i think i i like it though one day i'm gonna just be there and say okay now is the time to actually put more time on it put more effort more analysis you know I guess I'm waiting for something to happen for me to do that, but so far it hasn't, and I'm happy with my my position, I guess, uh, of the player I am. You're you're well respected in Mexicali and the rest of the rest of Mexico. Melee stats knows who you are. That's a big deal, and <laughs> yeah. you are able to enter into the. I saw that you had some results in the Rollback Rumble, the the West Coast Rollback Rumble events in Slippy. And that's actually going to be coming back this week. I don't know if you knew that, but I think that this upcoming weekend is when, when, when homemade waffles and the rest of the rollback rumble team are bringing back the West coast bracket. And I think the East coast bracket starts uh, oh. the week after that, something like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. just thought you ought to know point being that you are able to, you are able to enter results and you make waves and there are people who, who, who know who you are. There are people who, a lot of people who respect your play and that's, that's, that's already a great feeling right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And, um, yeah, as I'm telling you, I, I guess my, I might one day take it more seriously. Not that I'm not take it seriously, but I will take it more seriously and actually put some discipline on this because I don't really feel like a disciplined player. I just play for half of it fun, half of it improve. So would one way to take it seriously be to pick up like a, a top level coach? When I think about top level coach, I'm thinking about people like IBDW who offer lessons uh-huh. on the Metify website. That's a that is a bit of a meta right now. People are saying how do I make money in Melee? I can stream, I can enter tournaments and get, you know, $60 if I get second place yeah. or something. Haha, ha, great. But also I could take money from people to 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 uh, to coach them. Would that ever be something that would be appealing to you? Or do you say to yourself, 
mm, I don't know if I want someone like IBDW to pick apart a set of mine and be like, you have to improve at this, this, and this. Like, you feel like you might be able to just be able to do that yourself. The thing is that I'm a bad student. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a, and also, I'm a, maybe I'm a bad student because I'm a kind of, I kind of want to feel like a self-learner. Mm. So it's it's a fun trip, a fun, um, yeah, fun activity for myself to learn stuff on my own. So I wouldn't take that for myself. I would like to do it on my own, like sit on the computer, play, have a list uh, or a checklist maybe, mm. and you know start labbing stuff, but on my own. I am a, you know that people learn differently. I learned in this in, intrapersonal, I think that's the word, intrapersonal way of learning. That's that's the way I have. So no paying for a coach, I don't think it's an option for me. Even though I don't disregard that. I mean, of course they're good. And of course they, they can teach you a lot. I just, in a, a little bit of a selfish way, I want to do it myself because it's fun for me. I love hearing that because, like you said, people are going to learn different ways. Somebody might want to have a coach like Junebug or or Ryobeat or or whoever is on Metify, Mutiking. There's there's a lot of people. You get it. Yeah. You could have you could have those that resource if you want to. But learning something yourself, like when you kind of pick up on it and then you implement it, then you have it down and you're using whatever that technique or mindset piece would be you just say wow i did that pretty much on my own like maybe there was like a hint that i picked <laughs> up from somewhere some kind of content i was watching because like you'll pick up on nuggets like that if you watch like top yeah. level streamers and players that you'll pick up on stuff like that but yeah if you just kind of like find out something for yourself in in <laughs> melee like that's a great feeling yeah that's what i say was a little selfish because at the end of the day if i if i try something new if i train on something new on my own and when i do it in tournament and it works i want to feel like that's mine like it, it's all mine <laughs> you know that's the super quack <laughs> yeah 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 and everybody's going no no it's the ryobeat and you're like I, I, I didn't ask ryobeat about it did i <laughs> <laughs> yeah that happens <laughs> It is tough. There's not a lot of new techniques that have yet to be used yet. I don't know. There, there, there'll be. There'll probably be a few more yet that come down the pipeline. I thought that shield dropping was the last thing, but uh, <laughs> there's just it, it. Just it always continues. Uh, this smash yeah, DI stuff is insane that people do nowadays. Smash DI, in, in my opinion, it's changing the meta so so much. Like Fox, I, I as a as a Fox player, I don't feel safe anymore. Up throwing, uppering. Any player because I know they they might smash the eye, and I will be the one who gets punished. Right. Yeah, the, okay. uh, and also drill. Like people are like smash the eye drill properly where they yeah. escape shine or grab range, and it's insane to think that that like is starting to become more of a normal thing. It's not just people like Mango and Leffen doing that anymore. It's like just people who are able to find the right discord find the right commands and programs to use within uncle punch or 20xx and be like yeah i can pretty much like you know drill's not a big problem for me anymore and you're like that's one of the biggest things that fox uses oh my gosh <laughs> yeah and they, now it's been taken away from him because of smash the eye so i i mean it's a little prediction but i think fox is gonna it's not gonna win super majors anymore <laughs> 
But right after Mango won against Zane, okay, yeah. well, I, you know something that I said after Mango beat Zane, I thought, I, or I said to people, I was like, I don't know that Zane loses again to Mango like that for a long time. I'm pretty sure that's the only one that Mango's going to be able to like pull mm-hmm. away from him or snatch away from Zane yeah. because like the experience has been had. You know what it's like to lose such a big monumental tournament. And I think Zane will just, just kind mm-hmm. of like take all the next like 10 or 20 or whatever sets it is because I saw what Zane did. I saw what Zane did to Mango's Falco and the, um, the golden guardians octagon two. They were playing together in person in Virginia because Mango Mm, flew to Zane's house and Zane kind of, uh, picked that Falco apart and Mango said afterwards, yeah, I don't think Falco's the move anymore. Okay, well, what happens when Zane figures out your fox, or, or however you want to phrase it? That, that's an interesting yeah. point. I kind of see. Yeah, that. and I think Zane is that kind of player that will, he will just crack the code, crack Mango's code, and next time it's gonna be harder for Mango to play fox and beat him. You know. But, but that being said, that was such a great. Uh, the, the grand finals was oh yeah, was so fun to watch live. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I just wanted to play melee after that. I mean, I'm sure you felt the same way from watching it live <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, we actually did. We actually did. We, <laughs> I think we had we hung out after that. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, well, but uh, Mexic- Mexicali is like west side of so like you're 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 three hours behind me. So right now it's like nine fifty five. You're at six fifty five. So that's that's all fine and well. When that tournament was over, it was nearly midnight and I had to get up like five hours later to have like a twelve hour work day. So I regretted it the next day, but at the time I was like lying in bed just like going like Wow, this is so cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I mean yeah, I'm you're in what city you're at? Where do you live? So I live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Got mm-hmm. it. PA. Yep, PA. Mm, I see. There's not yeah, really, it was so like... cool. Sorry, go ahead. No, it was so cool watching that tournament here because it was the first time my family actually watched a tournament with me. Oh wow! They were really? here, yeah, and I was like, "Sorry, I, I, they were, they were watching a movie or something." And I was like, "Sorry, I need to watch this," <laughs> and I put it on TV, and they, they actually got excited. Even my little nephew was like, "Yeah, I want Mango to win!" Blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> But then when uh, the first game on Final Destination in the first set, you're like thinking to yourself, uh, Mango might win one of these, but he's not going to win two. <laughs> like you're yeah. thinking that to yourself. I wasn't sure, though, who I wanted it to win. Uh, I was I was rooting for both of them. Yeah. I mean, I, for some reason, I, I was more inclined or more like, what's the word? Yeah. More balanced to Mango's side. Because he was like the uh, the dark horse, I guess, in this set particularly. And because he was playing Fox and it was cool. But I also respect Zane a lot. I think he's, he deserves the placing he has right now. Oh, absolutely. And it was, it's such a shame that he's not able to go to a lot of events right now because of like just you know his concerns about about covid he posted that sweat longer a few days ago around reptide that he was like i i just i just can't enter a lot of events right now because i i live with family and uh they are not necessarily like super great at all times like you know immunocompromised kind of stuff so like i don't i don't fault him for not entering a lot of events at the moment but like i love watching zane play 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the, I, th- I think we were talking about Taz. And even oh. though he can't <laughs> as possible, he does take the the decisions that are like the closest to to perfect, I guess. No, I know exactly what you mean. It, it he always picks the right the right time, the right spot, the right yeah. moment, and yeah, yeah, yeah. like makes Marth feel like you can't hit him, which is incredible because Marth is like a big enough character, like. You can get hits, yep. you can sneak them in, but then sometimes it feels like, nope, he just he, he eternally knows how to escape your attack zone with a dash dance and then grab you and punish you. It's incredible mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah, it's cool. So cool. And so to, to start to get in the direction of wrapping up, I guess another fun um, thing of discussion, not super recently, this has died down somewhat, but I saw the controller discourse. I saw people being all like, Yo, this frame one, these these box controllers, these rectangle controllers, but then people go, well, what about the Goom Wave controller? The Goom Wave controller's cheating, and like people just kind of going back and forth, back and forth. You were around when game controllers were available, easy to buy. You could buy them at like stores for crying out loud. But now you know what controllers are like to get. You know that that's not easy. It costs many much money. So from your perspective, what do you like or dislike about the controller meta, if you will? Do you like all the all the kinds of different options like Goom Wave controllers and box controllers, or or is there something about it that you don't like? I'm super down for it. I'm super down, like especially because they are good with your hands. They're supposed to be good, and yeah, I don't have any problem with that. Even though they say they're cheating, I'm sure that there're gonna be rules. There're gonna be some some ways to know if someone is cheating or not and uh yeah i'm i'm super um super done with it mm, i just got a controller actually uh Mets, the player he sold it to me and i'm oh, like yes meds mm-hmm. yeah Mets. and uh, i'm like i mainly play peach i don't really need a very modded controller or anything so any good controller that doesn't really have any fail would work on me. But there are other players who really want to take melee to the to the limit. And maybe these other box controllers or whatever, they're gonna allow them to be there. And that's that's something cool. I mean the the farther we can go for me is better. And I think these controllers are a way to do that. Even if you're still like in a spot where you're like, it's not the controller. It's that, that I haven't taught myself everything about the game yet. Do you feel like you don't, you're not uncomfortable with the idea of having more catch up to do. It's more of an exciting thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. I see it more like a, an, an obstacle that you have to overcome. Yeah. I don't have any problem at all with that, the controllers. And so to, 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 I'll try to make this my, one of my last questions i still feel like i have one or two more but what is a what is a moment or breakthrough that you specifically remember from playing melee where you were like either you knew it was a problem and you had to get past it and it just took a while or was it just kind of a moment that snuck up on you is there like a big breakthrough that you remember big breakthrough (laughs) i don't really think i have a big one but there was this. There is this uh, major tournament in Mexico, Smash Factor. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I, and I say it as a joke, 
uh, and I told it to my friends that my biggest achievement in melee was to take one game off none. <laughs> because I did, I did a few years ago when I was, I think I wasn't still playing Peach. Or, and I was, I mean, you know, I was, I was not as good. And uh, I played none. And I, I, I was able to take one guy, one, I'm sorry, one game off him. And I always joke with that, like, that was uh, the biggest thing in my melee career. And I say it as a joke, but at the end of the day, it's like, I was able to, to take one game off him. And it opened my eyes a little, even though I joked a lot. It opened my eyes a little, like, if I take one game off him, maybe I can do it again. And with other good players, and maybe, you know, little by little, it starts to get better. And, you know, um, I, I guess it, it worked a little. And yeah, it changed my perspective of a player. And since that point, I did start to take uh, the game more seriously and trying to get even better. Yeah. So we probably won't be able to make a like a documentary style video about you taking one game off of none. But you're you're describing almost to a T the sort of feelings and breakthrough stuff that none was talking about in that Golden Guardians video that turned down for Walt made for Golden Guardians. Let that distinction be made, where they were covering none versus Mewtwo King at uh, Get on My Level Bumble. tournament. Yeah. And uh-huh. like it's a big deal because none hasn't really taken a set off of a player like Mewtwo King before, but this is going to be like the first time that he does it, and then the whole thing. And none is talking about how there's like that validation feeling, there's a breakthrough feeling. It's like a turning point. That's that's what the name of the video is called for those who uh. want to watch it. But that's what I'm talking about. Like you're kind of saying similar things where it's like it just sort of validates the work that you put in and all the time that you play whether it's for fun or for serious, like it just makes that all feel like more worth it in a, in a way as cheap as that sounds like, of course we want to play well and, and beat somebody who is known to be better than you, because it means that you can hang with that person if you continue to get better. So it's really cool. If I took a game off of none, I would never stop talking about it. So I don't <laughs> think that's a, that's no small thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was it was a little bit significant. Yeah, you're tr- you're right. Yeah, and it changed my perspective a little. And yeah, it was a turning point, I guess, of trying a little bit harder to get better and trying to beat better players. And then, were you ever able to meet Armada? You were describing Armada as your favorite player earlier, or favorite player to watch that kind of thing. Were you ever able to meet him at like a major or whatever? No, he went to the next Smash Smash Factor, and I wasn't there. But he was he was actually there. He came to Mexico, but now I never met him. Never met him, and uh, yeah, I guess I'm gonna gonna have to forget about that dream. <laughs> no, no, because all you have to do is you have to get super good at Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, <laughs> because Armada has already said like several times now. I think he's like, yep going to play that and i'm going oh, armada's going to be playing in a platform fighter again <laughs> it is not melee which is really unfortunate but like that means other people will get to play him because speed running as fun as that is i guess nobody plays against armada and speed running he's just competing against himself and against the world record but yeah. but but i love watching armada play against Ooh, other people in a that's gonna be hype 
Yeah. So all you got to do is get super sick <laughs> at Nickel and All Star Brawl. Then you can run into each other in bracket, you know, smash GG, be like, you know, Armada, you know, big fan. And then you 3 0 him or whatever. You just type in GG, it's not a big deal. And be like, <laughs> you know, I can maybe, maybe train I... you up later. Here's my Discord. Yeah. Maybe I can whisper in his ear when I beat him, you should have quit. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> And he'll just be like, oh, great, another Melee person who told me I shouldn't have quit Melee. Wow, <laughs> I know he doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kidding, Armada. <laughs> no, you know, if I if I could if I could whisper, so, I'd just be like, do you want to take back, Armada, do you want to take back the meta hasn't changed since 2018 oh, comment? Do you want to take that back or do you want to... <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to keep that one? <laughs> I know, right? Because I know, I know he regretted saying that. <laughs> yeah, of all the people that does. went after him. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. But for realsies, though, I love watching Armada play the games against where it's like against other people. So like old old Armada versus Leffen sets and Mango sets. Like those are so much fun to watch. Yeah, I now. wish there were more though. Like I I sometimes look for Armada sets versus any chic. And I can find too many of them. Or if I if there are, they're old, like super old. Like I wish there were more content of Armada. Like uh, the ones that I watch against Plop, it's sometimes um, sometimes Fox. I think the last ones. No, no, I'm probably wrong. But there are not too many though. There are not too many Armada Plop sets out there. Right. Uh, what about there was a there was a Swedish delight set where he actually yeah, beat Armada. Yeah, like one. that was a big deal. Mm, yeah. Um, I think, one... you know, he doesn't want to say it, but I think, and I know nothing, but in my opinion, it's like Armada, he did uh, retire a little bit because he was a little bit afraid of lose more. And I understand that because you got so, so in the top and you don't want people to take you down. So when he saw him, when he saw Zane, he was getting better. And uh, when he lost again, switched the light. I think he kind of started saying like, um, maybe it's time for me to just not give up, to retire and you know, um, keep my record the way it is. One thing that I that I like, I mean, I identify with the pride thing because like, if I were really good at something as obvious like melee, like, <clears throat> and then the people started to catch up to me, like Mango had to go through that and is like better for it, but like, not everyone's Mango there are there are many more people who will not even entertain the idea of falling behind and starting to lose to players that either have caught up to them or new kids on the block like like a zane it is so mm -hmm. unfortunate that we didn't get to see like a prime zane versus armada because he was they only played like two or three sets ever and like yeah. you could tell that zane wasn't there yet in those in those sets and it's just like oh that would be so, I know, I know. so fun to watch. Yeah, I would have been so having so much intel to get um, from those sets. I'm pretty sure that if there were those, if they had played and there were sets in YouTube to watch, there would be so much intel to get from there and for analysis and improvement. Yeah, they played each other at Smash Summit 9. That was the last one before quarantine. It was like February of 2020. Like Armada was there coaching IBDW or another, maybe somebody else. But Armada was there and they supposedly played 
friendlies and uh-huh. Armada. Yeah. I remember I remember Armada saying, yeah, it was like 50-50 and Zane being like, oh, that's not necessarily true. And Mega was just mad that Zane was playing Armada in, in the first place. He's like, you can't play against Armada. He's retired. <laughs> He's just going to say that nothing's changed and you can't do that. It was like so funny. But like yeah. all the while I'm thinking to myself, can we just see those games? Did anybody record it? Could somebody <laughs> upload them? Like Slippy, so, somebody do something, please. Because that would have been so fun to watch. Yeah, and I think Zane actually said that he did better than 50-50. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, right? Yeah, but there's no proof. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do believe so, though. I do believe that Zane would have kicked Armada's ass back, back then in that that event and then the the last thing that i'll say is that i i believe like when somebody who cares so much about doubles and armada like definitely cares about doubles like you could just tell just because of like his relationship with his brothers his older brother and uh, i want to say it's like aniola's i can't remember the exact android android is the younger brother and then his older brother um it was originally the three of them they would go to tournaments and they oh, yeah, just... it's Aniolas. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I believe that as well, that, like, singles was not quite the same experience. Like, it was just more fun to share a mm-hmm. uh, winning experience with, like, either Android or, or his older brother. So mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll give him credit for that as well. Yeah, I'm very happy, though, that he still uploads uh, content, melee content, and that makes me happy that he's still around. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl Armada, that would also be cool. I mean, I, <laughs> I hope so. I hope, I hope he plays. Yeah, I hope I hope he actually plays in bracket because it's one thing to play on stream and kind of do like the unranked thing or the, mm-hmm. oh, I'll just play against, you know, my like either my brothers or I'll play against like friends in from Sweden or whatever. But it's like, come on, play Leffen, play, uh, play Nikki or play... Uh, the Professor Pro, whoever else wants to try Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, like play somebody else from Europe other than like Sweden. Uh, sorry, Swedish yeah. friends. Like I want to see some. I want to see like the the sweat. I want to see like some action. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. That's that's unfortunately going to be uh, something that Armada will have to deal with for the rest of his like you know like however long his hands work, <laughs> people will just be like, "Yo, can you like do the thing?" And I feel bad, but like. He was he was and is so good at at, yeah. at the melee yeah. for sure. I I also wish he will come back from retirement, but I don't think it's gonna happen. But yeah, I mean, as long as he's happy and he keeps being around, that's all I ask. Mm-hmm. And then I think I have a good understanding of what keeps you around. You you're not just like in in grind mode with melee you try to have as much fun with it as you do take it seriously so is that what keeps you interested in melee the community as well what's it for you what makes me interested mm-hmm. yeah um what sorry what makes me interested is getting better yeah but on my own pace i really don't want to focus a, a lot of my time on it just what's necessary to be improving little by little and um yeah i guess that's it and as long as i'm a character in my local community which are my friends at the end of the day that that's all i ask just be part of the community and if i can compete and get good results that's all that's all for now maybe one day soon maybe 
it will change to like I want to be the best and I will do what's necessary to accomplish that. But so far, it's not. And so to close this out, I would love for you to be able to tell the people where they can find you if they want to watch your Twitch stream or follow you on Twitter, that sort of stuff. And also, if you would like to make any shout outs as well and and shout outs in Spanish, shout outs in English, however you want to do it, like you can take the floor and uh, uh, close this out. Well, for Twitter and Twitch, it's the same. It's um, SSBM Super Quack. Quack is written C-U-A-K. For some reason, some people pronounce that different. Actually, this is something like cock. <laughs> I don't see why. I, I don't really see why. But many people seem to have that confusion. But it's not cock. It's quack. Like a duck. And um, yeah, so shout outs to my people in Mexico. Hope they listen to this. And yeah, that's all. Thank you so much for listening to my story and my background. I loved having you on, Quack. Thank you so much for taking the time and for joining me on Bottom of Smash Mountain. And we'll hopefully see you in future brackets. Thank you so much, Cypher. And yes, I'll be I'll be entering tournaments really soon. Right now I'm in a little break, but I will be competing again really soon. Love to see it. Thank you so much for joining me. All righty. Thank you so much, Cypher. Have a good night. And thank you all for listening.